0: Listening to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, we get to recognize news that came to us on Tuesday night around 6 o'clock that Notre Dame is heading to the ACC Championship game officially. They're officially heading to play in the championship game against Clemson. We're also going to talk about Jeremiah Wusu koromoa and his NFL draft hype, as well as making an award watch list and wrapping it up with acknowledging a fantastic performance by a member of the hockey team this past weekend against Michigan. Ryan, let's get into the thing that I think a lot of people are here to talk about and hear about. It was unexpected. I was editing the show, and out of nowhere, out of the blue... I get a notification from ESPN and I go doing the digging to make sure everything is 100% correct and I wasn't reading anything incorrectly. So based on some medical advisory adjustments, some changes to make things safer for the ACC championship game, there were adjustments made to the schedule. And what these adjustments do is remove the Wake Forest game from December 12th. So that is now going to be a bye week. That then puts Notre Dame in enough of a position if they hypothetically lost to Syracuse this weekend, which I think we can both agree is not going to happen. If that happens, they will still play Clemson in the ACC championship game. Wake Forest, I believe, is now going to play Louisville. That's not that We don't care about that. What we care about right now, Ryan, is that the first time that Notre Dame has to play in a conference, and likely the only time they made it to the ACC championship game. They made it to a conference champion. They finally did it. They finally were able to prove everybody wrong.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's so funny because, no, you know, there's a Notre Dame hatred out there. Like, let's be honest about it. So there's going to be people that are now going to say like, oh, well, it was the only the ACC. You know, there's oh, always there going to be. They're 100% hard. Like, oh, until Notre Dame plays in the SEC and makes it to an SEC championship game, like, it's not going to matter, right? It's a crazy season. It's just the ACC. It's going to be a conversation, unfortunately. But for, you know, for the realists and the people that completely understand, Notre Dame is a national power and have been for a long time. Have they lived up to the expectations that they set, you know, in the 80s, 90s, before then, no, they have not in recent years, but it's never been, it's never been a hindrance for them, to, to a degree of like, oh wow, they don't play in a conference, so they're a nobody. That's just been this this weird thought process for people, because when you look at Notre Dame historically from a season to season perspective, we're playing teams in the Big Ten, teams in the ACC, teams in the in the Pac-12, USC, obviously that huge rivalry. It, the ability to play a national schedule is a more difficult task than playing in a conference to begin with. But it is nice now that, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're finally in a conference, about time. Now we can stand and say, hey, no matter if they're in a conference, they're not in a conference, Notre Dame can compete against anybody. And it's just a real nice taste um, in, in this weird season to know that Notre Dame is proving a lot of doubters wrong. And, and they're still going to be out there to a degree. But in a historic moment, first time in a conference, like you said, being in the AC championship game, now it's time to get back there and beat Clemson with Trevor Lawrence to show that this is legitimate this season.
0: Literally the first comment that I saw on a tweet regarding this information was a Michigan avatar saying that oh it's just the ACC. So Ryan, yes you are 100% correct. We're hearing that stuff and of course it's somebody with a Michigan profile picture. But the you know the, like you all you said with all this They've they've reached a point to prove that they're capable of competing. And you can argue that the ACC is not as competitive after Clemson. Regardless, they're still going to be participating in this game. The one thing though, Ryan, we can't get too ahead of ourselves. So this is one step in the right direction because they still have to play the game. They have to compete with Clemson a second time. So we have to see what happens there before we can really hang our hat on this accomplishment, but it, it, it's just overall nice to be able to say in the first time ever participating in a conference, they were able to reach this milestone. The other thing too, and before this announcement came out, and I would argue now that the announcement has come out, I would argue that Notre Dame might not be a 100% lock, but has a lot of odds in their favor now if they beat Syracuse, to be in the college football playoff. I don't see many other teams that can push them out if they hypothetically lost to Clemson. I really believe that if they perform well and at least stay competitive against Clemson, they will still earn a, a spot in the playoff. And I know that's worst-case scenario. I'm not saying that's something that we should strive for, but that is is the absolute worst case. They should be in a a good chance to make that fourth spot.
1: Well, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. You know, the most reasonable outcome is Notre Dame loses a close game to Clemson. One loss, Notre Dame probably slides back to four, and they still make the playoff. And I think when we talked about that during the episode, like we talked a little bit about the one crux and the one unforeseen circumstance that could happen is if What if Alabama loses to Florida or Texas A&M, if that's who's going to be on the table, and and another one-loss SEC team potentially crashes the party there because I doubt they're going to take out Alabama, I mean, unless Alabama actually absolutely gets destroyed in the SEC Championship game or they drop another game before then. So I think that that's kind of the big decider there. I would agree, though, if this continues on the trajectory Alabama takes care of business like it looks like Alabama's going to because they're a very dominant football team. Ohio State, I feel like, in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is down after Ohio State, so I think they're pretty locked into a spot. It's it's pretty good odds, I would say, if Notre Dame suffers a a close loss. Now, if they get destroyed by Clemson in the second part, which I don't think is going to happen because I don't think – that Notre Dame's defense is – I think Notre Dame's defense is too good to get blown out. I honestly do. I think that it's going to be a close football game. Now, if it goes the other way, though, and it's a very close football game, Notre Dame loses, I agree with you. I think that it's – its they have a good chance of still making the playoff and being locked in. I think it really, though, does depend on Alabama and the rest of the uh, SEC Uh, because if Alabama gets gets, uh, upset or blown out in the SEC championship game, then – it gets a little murkier uh, for Notre Dame anyway.
0: All right, coming up, we are going to share our thoughts on a serious award recognition for Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Before we get into that, though, folks, I, I want to share a message with you from our my favorite sponsor, That being Coors Light. Do you ever feel like you're always on? Do you ever feel like you don't really have much of a time to sit back and relax? Well, when you have that opportunity, you need to do whatever you can to hit that reset button. And I know that that is the perfect time to reach for a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill watching football this year is therapeutic for fans. And when you want to hit that reset button, the perfect time to do it is watching football. It's uninterrupted me time and an excuse to chill and drink beer with minimal college football teams playing this season. Coors Light wants fans to know that there are still plenty of teams and sports out there that will allow them to relax and enjoy beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink beer. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I want to kick it and I want to relax and I want to have you know, some time to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'd also like to talk to you about Built Bar, which is my favorite go-to protein bar for my post-workouts. As a former college athlete and somebody currently still pursuing the ability to play in the NFL, having the right nutrition is extremely important for me. I can tell you from all of the looking that I did over the years while I was in college, there are a lot of bars out there that are total crap, that pretend to have the right quality of macros, but then will pack it with sugar. Well, I can tell you right now, Built Bar is not one of those bars, and they're perfect for the health-conscious guy. It's also perfect if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging on a delicious treat. Bars, their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Some of my favorite flavors, peanut butter is fantastic, coconut almond, and then also cookies and cream, all have reasonable protein amounts and then also not too high in calorie as well. If you want to go and get an order in, there is actually a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last, and this will only last for a week or so. So we advise you to go and make your order now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Ryan, continuing our trend here on today's episode, and it ended up being pretty much an award-related show. Jeremiah Usukoramoa, the very talented linebacker, has been gaining a lot of notoriety lately for his performances, but also in NFL draft circles. The first thing I want to discuss here, uh, Ryan, is is the fact that Jeremiah Usukoramoa koromoa has made the Butkist Award watch list to the point where he is now a semi Finalist for the award. Now, the direction I want to go with this is discussing some of the guys that he's competing against. So, uh, Owusu Koromoa has done a lot of really good things and been a high impact player throughout this part of the season. But if we look at the rest of the guys that are on this list, Nick Bolton from Missouri, Zavin Collins from Tulsa, who I know you love, Jabril Cox, LSU, um, some other notable names, Christian Harris from Alabama. Buddy Johnson from Texas A&M, Charles Snowden from Virginia, Chaz Surratt, who we just saw from North Carolina. This is a really interesting, talented group of linebackers. I'm curious to hear your thought as just from a talent perspective and maybe just an overall performance perspective. Where do you see Owusu Koromoa matching up with some of these other guys?
1: Well, he he's a lot different, you know, just schematically speaking because he's a guy that was a former safety recruit, now plays in Notre Dame's 425 base that rover position that is you know, it's it's basically a defensive back when you really when you really quantify it, right? When you're looking at the responsibilities, it's a pass first position, but against certain formations, he's going to get tucked inside um, against heavier packages, all that type of stuff. So they quantify him as a linebacker because he does a lot of stuff near the line of scrimmage, tackle for loss numbers. It's, it's a very talented group, specifically talking about the 2021 NFL draft in in, in general because you named a few guys, Zayven Collins, Nick Bolton from Missouri, a lot of guys that are going to be very Highly coveted in the 2021 NFL Draft, so it's a really cool little um, conversation to have because some of these guys are going to be compared with a guy like Jeremiah owusu You know I'm high on owusu I think how the NFL specifically really values the position now, I think that owusu has a chance to go in the first round. I think that highly of him as an athlete, all the different things that he can do from a versatility perspective, doing a lot of things in coverage. So when you're comparing those players, it's an imperfect conversation because they don't they're not all asked to do the same things. What Nick Bolton is asked to do is a whole lot different from what Jeremiah Wusakoromoa is asked to do. But he deserves every he's another guy that deserves every recognition. You can argue in some circles, hey, like maybe Kyle Hamilton's the most important player on Notre Dame's defense, but for anybody that would say Jeremiah Usocoromo is the best player right now in Notre Dame's defense, you would have no argument for me for all the things that he is asked to do. And when compared against those guys, he is definitely in that conversation, absolutely. He's going to be amongst one of the top two or three quote-unquote linebackers, second le- let's call him a second-level defender in the 2021 NFL Draft, and the impact that he has on Notre Dame's defense on a week-to-week basis speaks volumes for just the quality of football player he was because I know we, we joked about it yesterday before the show right like some people are like oh where was Jeremiah Jeremiahwusakurmoa this past week the guy had nine tackles and he and it seemed like he had a quiet game like this is what quality <laughs> of football player he is man like he's just such a good football player he's so excellent and a lot of the defensive success that new game has had this year has a lot to do with all the things that awukuramoa can provide for a defense
0: right and the thing that typically happens with these awards and you just highlighted all of the key things here that go into him being on this watch list why he deserves to be on here I would argue it doesn't always have to be the 100 percent best player in the group of finalists which I would assume he's going to be a finalist based on what we've seen in him already being a semifinalist. it doesn't always have to be the best guy on the list. It could be the second best, maybe even the third best guy that's still there. But typically with these awards, they tend to ride storylines. They tend to ride with the teams that are doing the best. And I would argue that if this Notre Dame team finishes the season strong with, with one loss or no losses and finishes out really really good come award time I would argue that that impact that Awusu Kormo has had is far greater than anybody else considering how good the defense that he is playing on is in the impact that he has for the defense those storylines coming behind him that are are help lifting up his notoriety I think is really going to help his case uh, come decision time for this award
1: Yeah oh absolutely and and It is a name recognition thing, right? Like a lot of times, it's not the absolute best candidate. It's the guy that has the name combined with good football play. Jeremiah Wusakorow is going to be in this conversation. I think he has a pretty good chance to win it, just because when you look against a guy like, hey, if we're comparing him against a Nick Bolton, who obviously, you know, absolutely deserves to be on that list, Nick Bolton's an excellent football player. Plays for Missouri, which is not a big name brand which is not a team that is you know, in the conversation of being one of the best teams in the SEC or in college football in general. So we're looking at him like he's going to have the up on a guy like that. To be honest, probably the best linebacker this year has probably been Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. But again, the, Tulsa's a top 25-ranked team. They have a very good defense. But the name recognition for a Jeremiah Koromo that plays at Notre Dame that's going to hold a little more water than is Zayvon Collins. So if you're asking me right now, should Jeremiah Wussacormo be in the conversation? Absolutely. And he deserves to be in this conversation, which is why he's being recognized already. But I think, Joe, if, if I'm being honest, I think that he might be the front runner when it's all said and done just because of the impact on the number two team in the country, on one of the best defenses in college football. You kind of need the best of all, every world in order to win an award like this.
0: And I just know that some people are going to be thinking that's a, a Homer comment, but I I really I don't think so. I don't think that is a Homer thing to say that Awusu Koromoa is the front runner right now. His impact for the best defense, one of the best defenses in the country, is very noticeable on a week to week basis. I want I want to wrap up this Awusu Koromoa discussion with a, a recent mock draft that Dane Brugler put out, who we're both very familiar with. He works with the Athletic covering the NFL Draft, one of the more notable NFL Draft analysts out there for a a fantastic site, he had Owusu Koromoa mocked at 17th for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because as I introduce every single show and I think our reoccurring listeners might know if we have any new listeners, Ryan's original background and primary background is in NFL Draft Evaluations and also with football, but very specifically with with talking about the NFL draft. So do you realistically see Owusu Koromoa going 17th? Like, Actually, where did you have him in your mock draft? I want to hear that first, and then if if you kind of agree with Brugler.
1: Well, it's actually funny, Joe. The background right there, him, right? Obviously, Dane Brugler's the best in the business, in in my opinion, as far as draft analysts go, um, not working for a team. But he had him 17th. In his mock, going to the Raiders. I actually had him going 17th two weeks ago at (laughs) Going to, I think at that point it was the Cleveland Browns were mocked 17th at that point. So we had him in the same spot, different team. Linebacker needy team like the Cleveland Browns. I think that Jeremiah Wusakoromoa is a first-round pick. I think he's going to go in the first round. Top 20 pick potentially. I don't think it's outlandish at all. I think that this athletic second-level defender – are what teams are going to be looking for. He does a little bit of everything. He's going to test extremely well. The word is that he is a 40-inch vertical, and if he's 220-plus pounds playing the way that he does with a 40-inch vertical, running four sixes, four fives, whatever the hell he ends up running, I am a very big fan of Owusu fit at the next level, and I think that that is a justified selection for how this game is evolving to that positionless type of defense right like it's not just linebacker anymore it's not just safety anymore it's a, a guy that can do a little bit of everything it's positionless like this guy you don't have to you don't have to label him as a linebacker or a safety just say he's a dynamic second level defender who can affect the game in multiple ways and i think you have the recipe for probably a top 20 top 25 selection when all is said and done
0: that's the big key here is his skill set and the type of player, the NFL is a copycat league. We will constantly see molds of players have success, and then teams try to copy that. That, That's why Henry Ruggs was valued so high, despite, in most cases, not being the, the best receiver in the class by many people's standards. But a lot of people want that Tyreek Hill clone. In this case, people are seeing the impact that Jeremy Chin is having as a pseudo mix between a linebacker and a defensive back. I think a lot of teams are going to fall in love with that enough to push him into that early discussion. So I, I don't, ar- I mean, I completely agree with you, and I wouldn't argue that it is completely out of the possibility in the realm of him being a, a top um, 25 pick. In a few minutes, we're going to wrap today's show with an honor being handed out to a member of the Notre Dame men's hockey team. Check out soon who that guy is and why they earned it. Tomorrow is Crossover Thursday here with the Locked On NFL Network of podcast. If you're looking for something fun to listen to tomorrow, Crossover Thursday is a great way to get quick breakdowns of every game for your fantasy team or for your parlay. Crossover Thursday is the only, is only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. So folks, if you're looking for some additional content also for our Notre Dame show here on Locked On Irish, stay tuned for Friday. We will hear from the Locked On Syracuse guys as well as a full breakdown of the game coming up on Thursday. We will also break down the recent game which is going to be played today against Western Michigan for basketball. Ryan, I want to hit to this uh, interesting point here for the hockey team to wrap up today's show. We're not typically going to cover the hockey team every single week, but whenever we can fit in recognition for performances, we certainly will. So they actually moved up to 13th in the national rankings after a sweep against third-ranked Michigan which is being in the Big Ten and also in in every sport has always been a rival, especially for football. So to go out there and dominate a program like Michigan was very notable. And a big reason why they did so well is their starting goalie, sophomore Ryan Bischel. So he was named the first star for the Big Ten Stars of the Week. The way that works is they'll have a first star, a second, and then a third. So he was the best top performer of the week for the Big Ten. And the reason why he received this recognition is because he stopped 55 of 58 shots. That is almost a 95% save percentage and only allowed 1.5 goals against. I played goalie actually in high school, Ryan. I'm not saying that I have a, you know, some crazy expertise when it comes to hockey. But I can tell you pretty confidently, in two games, it is not easy in back-to-back games to only allow 1.5 goals and to stop that many shots. That is a big reason why they played so well and they rebounded after a, a rough starting week. I think Bischel, it's pretty safe to say, he is going to be the guy going forward that needs to continue to step up despite being a younger player.
1: Yeah, and, and only a sophomore. We talked about it a little bit in our preview, right? Like Cale Morris leaving, Bishop was left with some big uh, some big shoes to fill there. Obviously, he was a guy that played a little bit last year, so you saw the glimpses, and obviously a fantastic week, right? Like a uh, 9.50 save percentage, 55-58 like you said, it, 32 saves in their victory over the Michigan Wolverines, and this is – it, this is a Notre Dame perspective, not only, you know, very specific to football. Anytime you can beat the Michigan Wolverines at anything, it is a great week. So hats off to Ryan Bischel for the victory over Michigan to, for this great nomination and this great honor. He is uh, he definitely played up to the billing this past week and had, you know, not, money, not I, you, you're not going to see many better stat lines for a goalie in a week, right? Like all those uh, uh, 55 out of 58 saves, it's absolutely an incredible week to have. He is firmly on the radar as one of the premier young goalies in college hockey right now and an outstanding week to really encapsulate the level of play that we should expect from Bishal moving forward.
0: The big thing as well with having him perform well is important for the success for this team, as I've already said. Because if you look at their current offensive production, it's not really at the level that you would hope early on in the year. The most goals that they've scored is three, one coming in a loss against Wisconsin, and then the other for the first win over Michigan. That's not really high offensive production, especially at the college level. So you need Bischel to come out and continue to play well. He, again, is going to be the reason why this team succeeds going forward. They've got uh, some easier matchups coming up on the 3rd of December. That is going to be on Thursday. Uh, they're playing against Arizona State. So again, that is is something very key to watch to see how well Bischel continues to perform. It's actually, those both of those games are going to be on NBC Sports Network. So if you're looking to tune into those games and pay attention, uh, you'll be able to watch both of those those hockey games against Arizona State. All right, folks, that is going to be it from us here on Locked on Irish. Stay tuned for Thursday's episode for a breakdown of the Syracuse game, a preview for that, and then also our thoughts on the Western Michigan game, which is being played today on Wednesday. Make sure to follow us on social media at Locked on Irish, at Joe DeLeon, and at Rise and Draft. Please hit that subscribe button if you enjoy the show thus far. And then additionally, if you're looking for something else to tune into, head on to Locked On College Football for for tons of fantastic college football analysis from multiple hosts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll talk to you tomorrow, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day.